welcome and welcome to Midnight Elf. On today's episode, we're going to be following up on a bit of what we discussed last week about self-care and then also how that relates to the month of May. Last week, like I said, we discussed a couple of things about self-care, including covering points about how we find it hard to take care of ourselves for many different reasons, uh, including too much faith in our own resiliency, both in our body and in our mental capacity, fear of failure of letting others down, and also not wanting to address deeper issues, and I think I might have touched base on a couple more points. A few days after I posted that podcast, I started thinking about how there is also a link between self-care or lack thereof of self-care and also being Asian slash Asian American. And I was thinking that this actually ties in nicely with the fact that it's now the month of May. What do I mean by this? It's because May is, well, it's probably a lot of things depending on the theme or the organization you're looking at. But for me, May is known for being Asian Pacific American Heritage Month along as being Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, when I think of things that come to mind when it comes to Asians and also with mental health, Unfortunately, what comes to mind first is usually overall negative in content. So uh, from my own personal perspective, what I start to think of is trauma and PTSD from wars, from famine, from elders being held as prisoners because of the war, becoming refugees, and becoming immigrants, or rather being forced to become immigrants in order to pursue a better life and not be persecuted, you know? And our parents and our elders endured all of it, all of this, and they were able to get to where we are now, but for the most part, they did not get mental health to address the issues that they faced to get here. Another thing that I think of is the high suicide rate in several Asian countries. First that comes to mind is Japan, where there is a lot of pressure to perform well, especially academically, but also in the business um, and work world as well. And even in America, there is a high amount of pressure that Asians place on themselves, but it also comes from our parents, from society, and just overall to fit in with the quote, smart Asian stereotype and just trying to not stick out in a bad way. Also, something else that comes to mind when I think of Asians and mental health care is just the stigma that is present uh, when discussing things related to mental health. So historically, mental health is kind of seen as a taboo topic, and if someone wants to talk about mental health or if they have some sort of mental health issue, they might be seen as crazy or they might be seen as having something wrong with them, which makes it harder to speak up in the Asian community about your own struggles and also to seek help or treatment because you don't want to get treated as an outsider or, you know, thought of as having something wrong with you. For me, I would say that I can identify personally with a few things relating to mental health through my own journey just growing up as a Vietnamese immigrant in America. 
The first of these that I can identify with is the way that a lot of Asian Americans frame their concept of being hardworking. So what I mean by this is I feel like a lot of us immigrants and people of color see our parents as we're growing up being super hardworking because they have to be. For example, a lot of us have parents that had lower paying jobs or manual labor jobs or quote unskilled jobs, which no jobs are unskilled, but you know what I mean. Um, growing up, even if they had different jobs in their home countries, getting over here with a language barrier and, um, you know, sometimes degrees don't transfer over. A lot of times our parents had to take lower paying jobs to get by and help raise us. So with these type of jobs, a lot of times there are very low or even no benefits outside of just pay. And that can lead to our parents overworking themselves to make sure that they don't lose the job, not being able to take time off even if they're sick because they need to keep their jobs, they can't get out of it. Um, and also, like I mentioned with the language barrier, maybe they didn't even realize that they had the ability to take this time off for themselves. And I think growing up and seeing our parents working basically 24-7, you know, waking up early, going to work, coming back home, not taking breaks, not taking days off, even if they're sick. And then once they come back home, a lot of times, you know, they'll have to cook and clean and do the rest of it at home again to keep the household up. And us seeing that behavior repeatedly, I think that is a contribution to the way that we frame the way that we should model our work. We should also be hardworking. We should make the most of every minute of every day. We should try not to take days off of work unless we really have to. And that kind of plays into the self-care thing where the way that you grow up can affect your ability to normalize taking breaks for your own self-care. Another point that I can identify with relating to Asians and mental health care or mental health is being afraid of letting our parents down by taking a different or non-traditional path when it comes to our jobs and careers. For many immigrants and people of color, it is kind of a common joke that you know, our parents will be disappointed if we don't become a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, etc. It's just a joke, but in reality, it, I mean, there is some truth to it, and it can be stressful and hurtful when you're, you're trying to figure out your own path in life, because you do have to factor in the reality that even though it is your own life, when you are an Asian American, or like I said, an immigrant or person of color, there is more of a factor of taking into account your parents and your family more so than if you were uh, just a white American. Why? Because a lot of the reason why we are here is because our parents gave up what they had in their homelands, they moved over here, they struggled for us, they learned a new language for us, they left all they knew behind, and they did so much just to make sure that we live a better life than them, that we have more opportunities than them that it kind of feels like we are letting them down if we are choosing something that is not something that might live up to the, I guess, the legacy of what they've done to help us get here. And even though we all know that you can change your path when you need to, 
It's still a huge mental strain when you're in your teens and in your early 20s trying to figure out what your occupation should be and trying to figure out how to succeed because it is a lot of money when you factor in the cost of college tuition and fees. It is a lot of your time trying to get a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate of whatever, you know, a medical degree or a PhD. And then during that time, that period of time when you're in college and after college, you're also struggling with just mentally a lot of things in your mind. You're wanting not to disappoint your parents by not graduating or not doing well, either in the degree that they want you to go in or the degree that you chose that they didn't want you to go in. Um, not wanting to disappoint yourself by committing to a career that you don't actually enjoy or want to pursue. Um, and it's just a lot of things to handle along with the pressures of academics of college in general, you know, trying to make sure you go to classes and navigate a system that sometimes is very confusing because for a lot of us, we are the first generation to go to college or graduate college too. So that's also another stress factor trying to shoulder the burden of being the first in the family to do so. And then the other point that I wanted to address is something that is more recent. It's always been present, but even more so recently relating to Asians and mental health is just the hate crimes and the rise in anti-Asian sentiments within the last year or so, especially due to the pandemic. So there has always been bullying involved with Asian Americans growing up, growing up and going to school in America and uh, microaggressions and a lot of different spheres and levels of anti-Asian sentiment. But I would say, and I think others would agree, that because of the extreme reality, I guess, of COVID-19, of the pandemic, of self-isolation and lockdowns and people losing jobs and a lot of extreme things, these are not excuses. But with that and then the previous leadership in the United States, there has been a lot of buildup of negative emotions and one part of it is that people are wrongly taking out their stresses on the Asian community through slurs, through hate crimes, through xenophobic sentiments, through more microaggressions, through both intentional and unconscious actions that negatively affect the Asian community. And no matter how small or how big it is, it's a detriment to the Asian community and our overall mental health and our overall community is struggling because every day it feels like there's something new, there's another hate crime, someone else is attacked, someone else is killed, shot, stabbed, pushed, whatever. It's just on and on every day. You see another news story, or at least we see another news story within the Asian community. community. That's also another thing is that sometimes these stories don't even get covered by the news, and when they do, it's said to be a motive unknown, like they're not sure why, but a lot of the time, it's just obvious that it is a hate crime targeted towards Asian Americans, but they just won't acknowledge it as so. So yeah, mental health for Asian Americans and Asians in the world is, I would say, at a very low morale right now. And we really need to be more aware and mindful of our mental health needs, um, whether that's through social support, like through friends and families and 
or sorry, through friends or family or close ones and just kind of talking it through and processing our own emotions. Um, It can be through getting professional help through counselors or psychologists. And it can also be just setting limits on our social media use, depending on a a level of comfort that is appropriate for you and just kind of gauging how much is too much, what kind of things will trigger you and kind of just setting a limit on what you're exposed to because sometimes too much knowledge can be a bad thing about what's going on. And so I just kind of wanted to end this with some resources. I am not a medical professional. I'm not a counselor, of course, (laughs) but I thought these might be helpful. One resource is the Asian Mental Health Collective. I'm on their frequently asked questions page right now, and there is a little accordion menu for the question of what types of help are out there. I'm just going to briefly summarize this. You can go on to their webpage to get more detailed information, but for non-professional help, you can, um, like I mentioned earlier, reach out to loved ones like friends or family. There are also peer support centers like on college campuses, um, and also there are phone lines and text lines where you can speak to someone um, readily available who can help kind of triage your situation. And then for professional help, you can look up psychologists who can help you with assessing kind of where you're at. Um, There are also psychiatrists who can also help you prescribe medications or prescribe you medications. And then you can also look into meeting with a therapist or a counselor, also social workers. And then it mentions something about occupational therapists too, which I'm not too familiar with, but that's a cool option as well. Also, I saw earlier that one of my friends shared a helpful resource on Instagram. Let me pull it up. Okay, so you can find the full list on ally.pdx Instagram. That's A-L-L-Y dot P-D-X. And there is a full resource list that is linked within that profile page. Um, But some of the ones that they highlighted are Asian Mental Health Collective, There's also Project Lotus, there is Asian Health Coalition, there is Asian Mental Health Project, Asian American Health Initiative, National Asian American Pacific Islander Mental Health Association, and then also Asian Counseling and Referral Service. So there's a lot of Asian-specific organizations listed there. And if you are not Asian, there are a lot of just overall general services along with um, services targeted towards other cultures as well. On other pages, I mean. Um, There's a lot of resources available nowadays, which is a really good thing. So one thing that the internet is doing good at is providing good access to a lot of different options for people. And then finally, I just wanted to close up by saying that I acknowledge that it's easy to speak about things in a simplified manner, um, but sometimes it is harder to reach out for help. It is hard to let ourselves be vulnerable. And when you're already feeling stressed out and depressed and low, it can be overwhelming trying to think of another task on your plate, which in this case would be seeking out help. So I would say to just do what feels comfortable for you and take it at your own pace. 
it's a slow process. You can't just address things within a month or a couple of months or even a year. It takes time to address a lot of the issues that we acquire through our experiences growing up as Asian American. And that also just reminded me, I saw this post on Facebook. Yeah. So um, the post, basically, I'll summarize it because it's really long. It was talking about how the inability to receive support from others is a trauma response. It says, your I don't need anyone, I'll just do it all myself conditioning is a survival tactic. And you needed it to shield your heart from abuse, neglect, betrayal, and disappointment from those who could not or would not be there for you. And then it talks about a bunch of things. And it ends with saying... Fortresses and armor are for those in battle or who believe the battle is coming. It's a trauma response. The good news is trauma that is acknowledged is trauma that can be healed. You are worthy of having support. You are worthy simply because you exist. And this is kind of talking about a different topic, but I think that that does hold true to what I have been talking about this entire episode with being Asian American as well, is that, you know, growing up, I think we all have like a little bit of trauma and it's okay to acknowledge that we need support from others in whatever way is most helpful for us. But yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. You can find me on Instagram at Midnight Vowels. Please follow me on whatever platform you're listening to. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And then if there is an option to leave a rating, please do so. Thank you for listening to Midnight Owls, and I will talk to you soon. Bye!